Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to episode nine of the Southpaw podcast. We're so glad you're listening to this week's episode that's titled Defining Success. Hunter and I sit down and have a brief conversation about five ways that you can rightly define success. We believe this episode will be a great tool that you need for the days ahead. Bless you guys and let's jump in. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You are listening to episode nine of the Southpaw podcast, where we are awakening and equipping a left-handed generation. Thank you guys for tuning in to last, uh, our last episode, which was about two weeks ago with Pastor Casey Dawson, Pastor Cole. We jumped into some hot topics um, that are not always fun to discuss, but need to be discussed. Absolutely. We talked about prophecy. We talked about the millennial generation. We talked about racism. And um, if you did not catch that episode, Hunter and I would like to encourage you to please go back and uh, give that podcast a listen. Also, if uh, you are not subscribed to this podcast and have not left uh, left us a review yet, uh, we would ask you to do that. That would mean so much to us and would help us out uh, tremendously. And share it on your social media with a friend if, uh, if this podcast is blessing you. All right, Hunter, today... For episode nine, we're talking about defining success. Mm. This is a big topic, especially amongst young leaders. Um, we are living in a very performance, mm-hmm. numbers-based time in the world. That's right. Um, if you ask, uh, for example, if you were to walk up to a pastor and you were to ask him, hey, man, how are things going in the ministry? Most of the time, the first thing that they relate it back to is what numbers they're running, how many are coming to their services. Um, If you walk up to a businessman and you say, you know, hey, man, what's going on? How is business going? The first thing that their mind mostly goes to is how much they're making on a monthly basis, annual basis, how much revenue is streaming through the company. Yeah. Um, how many how many interns and employees do I have? Mm-hmm. And so when we think about success, I think it's so important that we think about it rightly. So Hunter, let's dive into this. And when you think about success, because ultimately how you define success will determine what motivates you. That's right. Your motivations and ultimately what you pursue. So when you think about success, what comes to your mind? So I think a lot of times, at least for me, the success is like it's more internal compared to external. It's good. Like not knocking the external things, like not knocking, hey, making money or not knocking having, you know, large people at your churches. I mean, those are good things, sure. Absolutely. But it's like, I mean, it's like, I mean, most things is like, what is happiness? Is it a bunch of stuff? Uh-huh. Is success just a bunch of stuff? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, I, I would say, no, it's, it's internal. Uh-huh. It's like the satisfaction of what you're doing would be success to me internally saying you just have the satisfaction on the inside of you. Like, Hey, regardless if there's five people or 50 people at my church, Hey, I love what I'm doing. And I, and I, I can see the fruit in it. And I remember, and when we were leading the youth group, I remember, you know, we were defining, it was hard. <laughs> we'll say it like that. It was hard to not define success by how many kids you had showing yeah. up to youth group on Wednesday night. And then we very quickly understood that, if you don't go out and pursue them, invite them, love on them, and bring them to youth group, yeah. they're not coming. Yeah. And so, and what we had to figure out was, was that what truly, really mattered 
was the ones that we were pouring our lives into, were they really getting it? Was it really transforming their lives? It wasn't about if we had 20 new kids or 30 new kids or had grown, you know, obviously you want to grow and all of that is awesome and you will grow over time, but it happens with practical everyday discipleship that's happening in the few that you're pouring your lives into every day. No, that's right. And it's like, um, one of the things that we, we discussed was like, hey, you know, long lasting fruit is, is not the same as temporary satisfaction. It's good. When you eat food, like, hey, it's easy to microwave something, but when you actually cook something and you bake something, like, you can tell the, like, how much better you feel in the effort that you put in when it comes to the cooking. That's right. And so it's like, okay, would I rather eat this hot pocket or would I rather eat this steak? I know it tastes better. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I know what I'm going to feel better after eating, but what's more convenient? And so, like, success can also be, you know, hey, is it is it is it just satisfying me now, or is this a long-term yes. success? And let's talk about that for a moment because we're going to give you guys on this uh, on this week's episode, we're going to give you guys five ways to rightly define success. But before we do that, Hunter just touched on something, and he said it earlier, and I want to repeat it because I think it's important. And if you're taking notes. This would be a great thing to write down, okay? Long-lasting fruit is not the same as temporary satisfaction, okay? How you define success will determine your motivations and ultimately what you pursue. Mm -hmm. So how you view it, how you think about it, and what you're thinking about what makes you successful will ultimately determine what you're motivated to pursue. That's good. So whatever you're pursuing is because you believe it's going to make you successful. Because in the heart of every leader, Hunter, I would say, you know, you can't say this for necessarily every single person, but in most leaders, we all have a desire to achieve, to excel, and to obtain, and to please those that are, that are you know, evaluating our performance, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important to stay grounded and to stay rooted in what is most important and what truly matters. Yeah, and I, I think two thoughts real quick. The first one is um, Damon Thompson, one thing he's been talking about, like, hey, if your eye is singular, uh-huh. if you can focus on that one thing. We complimented Brian Guerin just a few minutes ago. Man, it don't matter what he's preaching about. He always brings it back to one thing. He always right. brings it back to the main thing is Jesus. Right. And it's like, man, if you can centralize focus, hey, hey, this is what I'm after, then this other success it won't it won't bother you if it, it goes up and down hey man because it's going to that, that's exactly right so many times we evaluate and we wait to see how our events or big services or big things how those events and conferences and services how they play out to determine uh, whether or not we are, we have a successful ministry, a successful youth group, a successful business, or whatever organization that you're involved with. So these high moments uh, of hype and emotional excitement, they don't produce long-lasting fruit. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you go to Chick-fil-A, you get a milkshake, you're going to get a milkshake, a whipped cream, and a cherry. These events... It's just the, it's just one piece to the milkshake. Yeah. It's not all three. It's not the whipped cream, the cherry, and the milkshake. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a bite size, and really what it is, Hunter, is an invitation. Mm. 
And I have seen in leadership, it's so easy to be moved and swayed and hurt and jerked based off of our feelings and these emotional highs where we run rampant in a moment. But really, at the end of the day, if we're being led by our feelings, we are going to be the double-minded man that James 1 speaks about. That's right. They cannot expect to receive anything from God. Your emotions and your feelings will fool you, friend. If you're being moved by your emotions and your feelings and they are dominating you, it's it's a dead-end street. That's exactly right. So, again, moments of hype and emotional excitement, they do not produce long-lasting fruit. All right, let's move on. Endurance, longevity, and sustainability. Endurance, longevity, and sustainability are three major ingredients when I am measuring success. Yeah. So when I'm looking at it, whether or not I'm successful or not, it may not necessarily be in quantity, mm-hmm. but it's more about quality. Yeah. Can I do what I'm doing at a, at a steady pace that takes me from glory to glory, mm. not from service to service, not even from day to day, but I'm going from glory to glory. It is yeah. an ever-increasing kingdom. These three ingredients, Hunter, these are kingdom characteristics. These are kingdom principles because the kingdom is like a seed. Mm-hmm. A kingdom is like leaven that slowly spreads and works its way into your environment and into the culture if it is properly stewarded. So again, endurance, longevity, and sustainability. This is what success is all about. Paul says, I want to run my race with endurance. I remember Pastor Judah Smith, who I love to listen to from time to time. He had a great opportunity to speak at at a huge conference that Bishop Jakes held that was um, geared toward leaders, young leaders, old leaders, leadership, pastors, uh, CEOs, all, all different types of leaders. And Judah brought this message that I thought was simple, but yet so profound. He said, th- he said, we're so moved by who's coming, who's not coming, what's popping, what's next. And this is what he said. Judah said, I just want to be 75 on an island with my wife Loving her more then than I ever have. Yeah. Loving my kids more than what I ever have. Man, that is what true success looks mm-hmm. like. All of this other is awesome, but at the end of the day, it fails miserably in the eyes of God if we are not prioritizing and putting our time where it belongs. Priorities yeah. are so key. Jump in. Yeah, and I, and I think a conversation you and I have had over the last year and I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not interested in doing all that. But we've seen a number of people who are have been deemed successful in the public eye when it comes to ministry, and they've they've had moral failures or they something you know something's happened where they've been tarnished. And it's like these three things: hey, running the race with endurance in mind. It's not a sprint; it's a marathon. Right. And it's like keeping each other accountable, having your brother, your sister, keeping you accountable to do just that to run it well. And run it with longevity in mind. That's so good, man. Accountability is so big, especially when we're defining success and we're moving toward the thing, things that God has for us in our lives. All right, before we give you these five, I want to ask you a couple of questions. So are you running your race with endurance today? So sometimes it's great to just look ourselves in the mirror and kind of look at it on a measuring stick and say, okay, am I running my race with endurance? And what am I considering a win? And what am I considering a loss? Mm. Because I think it's so important 
that we celebrate the wins yeah. and we learn from the losses. That's right. We don't allow the losses to keep us down. We simply get back up, dust ourselves off, and learn from the mistakes and the losses mm-hmm. that we have and that we make in our lives. So are you running it with endurance? And what is considered a win for you? Along your journey, what do you define as a win? Because especially in sports, it's all about everybody wants to know, man, how many games have you won mm-hmm. and how many games have you lost? Yeah. You know, um, and so I think what truly makes an impact and, and the great coaches, they're winning. Hey, let's, let's, let's not – you know, let's not turn it into something that it's not. They're winning. They produce wins. I, yeah. People, you know, people don't probably know the man Nick Saban, but they know that man wins ball games. Yeah. Therefore, they follow him and they want to see Alabama win more. Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, you know, whoever your guy is that you like to watch, the more you win, uh, people are going to continue. So it's so important that we that we focus and we realize what are these wins in our lives are we building character or are we just focused on results well are we focused on our integrity and transformation Mm -hmm. or are we just focused on the analytics and the statistics of producing more getting more being more yeah okay so unbalanced priorities will lead to unhealthy motives Mm. unbalanced priorities lead to unhealthy motives Hunter, if, if our priorities are out of line, then our motives and the motivations of our hearts are going to get off track. You want to add anything to that? No, and I think it can be said the other way around as well. Like, if your motives are not pure, then your priorities are going to be all out of whack. That's so good. So a wrong view of success stunts deep impact and true transformation. Mm. So if you're viewing success wrongly then you can expect over time for your impact and the transformation that you're making to be stunted and restricted. So, and this also, man, when I think about it, it also leads to burnout so quickly. Mm. It, it leads us into the path because it's the next thing. And if the next thing is what brings you, is what brings you, you, you know, uh, happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction. Yeah then it's only a matter of time before we burn out. Because people are going to come and people are going to go. People are going to get off the bus and people are going to get on the bus. But it's our job to keep it moving, regardless of who gets on or who gets off. Yeah, and I was listening to a podcast by Daniel Kalinda recently, and he said something, he was talking about burnout specifically, and he said, live with the end in mind. I think if you can constantly remind yourself, hey, this is what's important to me. This is what I define as success. Yes. And you keep your eyes, hey, this is what I'm chasing. Mm -hmm. Then, hey, when the good comes, the bad comes, that does not define you. It's, hey, this is what's in mind. So we want to give you five ways to help you rightly define success. Now, Hunter and I recognize that these five ways are not the only ways to define success. That's right. We are simply giving you five, <coughs> excuse me, we're simply giving you five ways for you to kind of look at what's going on currently in your life and for you to kind of connect on a deeper level with what's going on in your life to really define success or not. Yeah. So again, we recognize that these are not, these are not the only ways to be successful or the only way that success can be defined. 
Also, we recognize that success looks different for everyone. That's right. Success for a CEO of a multi-million dollar company and success for a high school baseball coach look two totally different ways. Mm -hmm. We recognize this. So we just want to put this on a broad spectrum for you guys today, and hopefully it'll help give you confidence and hope for the days ahead. All right, number one, Hunter and I are going to dice these up quickly. Number one, on on one of the first ways that you can rightly define success is this. Am I producing fruit that remains? Mm. In my life, am I producing fruit that remains? John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus is speaking, and he says this, I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Mm. So it's not just about temporary fruit, That's right. what we've already hit on, but it's about fruit that is long-lasting, that is remaining, and that is going to remain not just now, but for generations to come. That, no, that's exactly right. It's so funny. I don't know why when you said it, I was thinking of a lyric and like, I think it's a Drake song. He says, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. And it's like, mm-hmm. that should be inverted. Mm-hmm. We should be here. Come build, on. I mean, are you building for just today or are you building for your kids and their kids and their kids' kids? And it's like, I mean, Proverbs says that's what a righteous man does. He sets his generations up well. That's so good. Bill Johnson says that true success looks like this. How many people are taking shade under my tree? Mm. How many people are benefiting from the shade that I, and the covering and the love and the care and the peace that I am providing. So who's under your tree, man? All right, number two, am I obeying over sacrifice? Mm. Do I obey over sacrifice? Is obedience the, on top of the fraction or is it on the bottom of the fraction, Mm. you know? So obedience is better than sacrifice. So this is number two on how to rightly define success. I want to go to the book of, uh, I believe it's 1 Samuel. Um, I forget exactly what chapter, maybe around 15 or 16. But this is when the Lord had given Saul very specific instructions to defeat and destroy all of the Amalekites. Mm. He, He chooses to just destroy some, but he does not perform the instructions exactly the way the Lord had told him to. But he comes to Samuel with this word when Samuel shows up to him that I made all of these sacrifices. And I did partly what you said. And that's when Samuel said, man, God has chosen somebody. He even says strong language. He says, God's chosen someone better than you. Mm. This is when David begins to replace Saul. So we'll read it to you. It says, what is more pleasing to the Lord, Samuel says, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices or your obedience to his voice. Whoa, or your obedience to his voice. He says, listen, this is New Living Translation. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Come on, man, I feel this today. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Mm. Hunter, are we obeying what God told us to do? Are we being moved by what the people around us want us to do Mm. based off of the way that they want us to perform? Or are we staying authentically true to what the Lord has called us to do and who he has called us to be? Are you carrying out his instructions to you? Yeah, it's... Man. A few years ago, I... Because I'm sure you're familiar with the five love languages. It's like, hey, what's your love language? Physical touch, words of affirmation... 
gifts, acts of service, uh, quality time. And so I just remember like, Lord, what is your love language? Because I want to love you well. And initially I got obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm like, okay, I don't really know what that means. But then I ended up finding this portion of scripture in John 15 about two years ago. And I'm only going to read four verses. And it says, if you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I've loved you. Verse 14, you show that you're my intimate friends when you obey all that I command. More or less saying, my love language is obedience. Come on. And he, and he okay, well, how do we obey him? Mm. He just spells it out. Hey, I just want you to love me and love the people around you. So doing those two things, knock out the, the 10 things that were originally given to Moses. So it's like, hey, if we can love God yes, and we can, we can love each other, we're obeying his commands, and in and, and doing so, we're showing him that we love him. And are we paying attention to that? Mm. Are we paying attention to God's love language? Are we playing the instrument to his heart? Mm. You know, And I promise you, friend, when you begin to pay close attention to what moves God's heart ultimately, he will move greatly on your behalf victory, favor, breakthrough, prosperity, abundance will begin to reign and be poured out in your lives. Mm. That's so good, man. I'm glad you shared that. Number three, am I a good steward over what God has entrusted to me? Mm. Parable of the talents. Yep. Parable of the coins. Yep. Am I stewarding what God has entrusted to me? Your realm of influence. When you look at your circle, John Maxwell defines leadership as simply influence. Mm. Where are you? Where is your influence, and who are you influencing? Because to a certain degree, we're all influencing something in somebody. Mm. So we have to be faithful over little first, and then faithful over much. If we cannot be trusted with a little bit, God cannot give us any more than that. No, no, absolutely, and I think that goes with. Um, when you, when you manage what little you have, that builds longevity in you. And God also sees, hey, I can trust him with this little bit. I'm going to add a little bit more. That's I'm going to add a little bit more rather than overnight success. Hey, Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, that's a cliche, but it's a, it's a, it's a truth. Absolutely. Number four, does my love look like something? So actions speak louder than words. Mm. And this is all that truly matters. That's right. Are my behaviors... Is my language, is my conduct, is my actions and what I am saying, does it actually align with what I am talking about and what I'm saying to everybody? Or am I just spewing words out? The power of life and death is in the tongue. That's right. So what you say and what you believe then has to match what you do. Faith without works is dead. Yes. So we have to put, we have to put our faith into practice. It is the fire of God that meets the sacrifice. Faith is spilled R-I-S-K. If you ever want to step out in, if, if you're going, if you're, if you're desiring today to see the Lord move, then we must step out in faith. He meets our faith with his favor, with his breakthrough, with his victory That's on right. our behalf. This is the way that it works. You want to add anything, huh? No, I, I, no. Okay, number five. And lastly, am I consistent and steadfast? Mm. This is big. Yep. We are not like the Lord. That's, that's right. <laughs> the Lord is always steadfast. 
The Lord is always consistent. He's holy and he is other than. I believe it's Psalm 55. You thought that I was altogether like you. Job, I believe, 26, he says, our God is great, but yet we do not know him. He is other than. His thoughts are different. His ways are different. He is a different, holy, just king, and he is holy, man. So why do I say that? He is steadfast, and he is consistent. That's right. But I know for me, I am, I am not always consistent, Hunter. I am not always steadfast the way that I am supposed to be, which is why we constantly have to run to him. Mm. He is the one that makes us steadfast. That's right. He helps us in our lack of consistency. But also, it takes practical, logistical intentionality. Nothing happen, no, Success will never happen in your life. Nothing happens in your life without intentionality. That's right. Nothing just falls from the sky. So are you steadfast in your priorities? Do you, do you just say that you love your wife and your kids? Or does that actually look like something to them? Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say, I love you, Hunter, but it's a whole other thing to hang out with my friend and buy his meal from time to time and reach out with a word of encouragement. It's a whole other thing to say, I believe in the kingdom and I believe that God wants to bless me, but yet I choose to not tithe. Mm -hmm. I choose to not plant and sow into God's kingdom. It's one thing to say that I desire to be in shape and to be healthy and to be fit and physically in good shape, mm -hmm. but yet I choose to not work out and go to the gym. My actions are not matching my words. Yeah. So am I being consistent? Am I focused? Am I driven? And am I focused on the things that I need to be focused on? And am I steadfast in those things? No, and I think you touched on it right there, that the fact that, hey, it takes being intentional. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. Hey, if you want to be consistent, you have to in intentionally attempt to be consistent. Because like you said, I mean, fundamentally, we are not really consistent creatures. That's right. But if we're intentional, hey, I'm going to go to the gym every single day. That's right. Hey, my wife, her love language might be gifts. It right. might not might not be. Right. So I have to intentionally say, okay, regardless of if she's different than me, I want to show her that I love her. That's what mm -hmm. I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, hey, be intentional. Mm -hmm. I screwed up. Am I, am I going to mope around or am I going to run back to the Lord and say, okay, I want to do it better this time. I'm intentionally saying, hey, I need to be more consistent. Show me how to do that. There's a, we'll end with this. There's a, there's a wise man that I've come to love and honor deeply. And uh, he is a man of much prayer and fasting. And he's given himself to the process um, of prayer and fasting and just of a lifestyle of pursuit after God. Um, and man, he, do, he does... He, he just does a lot of things well. I have to give it to him. And this is what he said. He said, man, I don't know if I'm benefiting today off of a fast that I went on last month or last year. Mm. But I just know that the fast prepared me for today. And, I'm, and the process is just simply now producing fruit. Wow. It's not about the next big thing, the next greatest idea. We pray that the Lord floods your mind and heart with creativity and fresh ideas. Don't hear what we are not saying. But a fresh idea and a fresh uh, you know, creative flow, all of that is awesome. But it will never come to pass mm. if you are not going to fully give yourself over to the intentional process that it's going to take to reap that in your life. The law of sin and punishment 
was wiped away at the cross. Yes. But now we are under the law of sowing and reaping. What you sow will be what you reap. If you reap laziness and slothfulness, you will reap no results. If you sow steadfast intentionality, giving yourselves to the process of what you know to do, you will weep fruit and fruit that remains. And that is the true definition of success. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to episode nine. If you want to stay up to date with what's going on with Hunter and I with Stanton Moore Ministries, with Burn Culture, where we're going, what we're doing. We've got some exciting events coming up. We've got our second interest night for Burn Culture coming up. We have a worship night coming up in March 20th. Got some great men's and women's stuff coming up for, for our ladies and for our men. So listen, if you want to get plugged in to what the Lord is doing here in Tifton, Georgia, then we would love to connect with you. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook. You can go to StantonMooreMinistries.com. You can go to Burn Culture on Facebook, Instagram. And, uh, and check us out. And uh, we hope this podcast blessed you tonight. God bless you guys.